Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Diddy TV. Tommy Emanuel. Hey. I can't I can't believe you're here and I don't I, know where I to can't start believe it because you have had the longest and, and most beautiful career. Thank you. And you have so so many stories. There's I don't even know where to, to get go. started with you, but um, but we're gonna try. <laughs> we're gonna try. Okay. Um, so Australia. You yep. started there. I did, yep. It's it's still my home. It's still your Although home. Although I, I live in Nashville here in Tennessee. Um, so when you're in the States, you're you're I'm you're home in, in, you're home in, in Nashville. In Nashville. Um, but I, I've lived in California a couple of times. I've lived in England twice. Um, and, so you're uh, a world traveler at this point. Yeah, I mean, with what I do, I'm a concert musician. So I play concerts all over the world. So actually, I could live anywhere, you know. But I choose to live here because I love this country. This is the, the country that has nourished me musically and otherwise uh, most of my life. Um, it was because of the music that, that came out of this place that, that really f- lit a fire in Touched me. Touched you. It did. It inspired me and it still does. Uh, my, my earliest memories are of Hank Williams and Jimmy Rogers and then Elvis. And uh, they're, they're pretty important people in our world. They are. And you, you picked up a guitar at four years old. I did. And yeah. then by six, uh, you heard Chet Atkins. Uh, yeah. And he really became someone pivotal. He did. He, he, he kind of circled back in a few times. He did. Well, he was, he was my inspiration, but he was also kind of my musical daddy. And then he became like my real daddy. The older, the older I got, the older he got. Um, and we became very, very close. And uh, I sure do miss him. But uh, uh, you the know, world misses Chet if, if you want to hear the master's voice, play something that, that he played in his key, and you'll hear him speaking, you know. Well, he had that incredible picking style, which yeah. you really, you emulate a lot of, of, I did, of that, yeah. that style. Um, I, I think everybody thought it was a recording trick. But, and I don't know quite how to explain this, Amy, but when I heard him play, I said to my, my father, he's playing everything at once. And my father said, no, he couldn't possibly. I said, he is. And I don't know how I knew that, but I was so positive, you know. I guess when you're a kid you you have a certain confidence that's beyond your years you you don't know to be you know to doubt to yourself it. yeah you know but of course w- when you get a little, get when you get a little older you start to realize that you don't know everything <laughs> what i'm still i think i do oh you do <laughs> well i'm going to hang around with, with, oh, yeah. with you and learn yeah well you won't learn much that's nah. for sure um so so you 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 emulate you 
Chet Atkins and mm -hmm. explain a little bit more about that picking style because well, it, it's called it's thumb and finger style. So yeah. the, the thumb on the right hand plays what the left hand on the piano plays. So it's the bass line. The accompaniment. Boom, boom, mm -hmm. boom, 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 boom. And then the fingers play melodies and harmonies. And you do it all like that. And then you develop uh, um, uh, what we call a steady thumb. So you, uh, your thumb n not only plays the backing, but it, it holds the groove together. So when I, when I play music and, and I, I lay the thumb in, it's like being the drummer and the bass player at the same time. It's your one-man band at that I, point. I am, yeah. You don't have to have We don't need no stinking band. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I do play drums and I do play bass. They're my, my, my main instruments, guitar, bass, and drums. But I, I like to do it all on the, on the guitar. So you, you started a band in your, when you were a teenager, I guess, with your brother Phil? No, I started the band when I was five years old. Uh, when yeah. you were five I years old? I was the youngest, yeah. My brother Phil played uh, all, all the lead parts. I was the accompanist. My sister Virginia, she played the lap steel guitar, like Hawaiian kind of style. And then the eldest brother, Chris, he was the drummer. So we were a quartet without a bass player. So I had to work out the bass parts. Well, I find this so interesting because I was, I was reading a little bit about you, of course, uh -huh. and you, you literally traveled around as a kid with yeah. your family band. Yeah. All I, around I Australia? I have not stopped traveling since 1960. That's, that's how long I've been traveling. And, uh, so you, you know, grew up as a professional musician. Yeah. Really? Yeah. We, we, we had a very gypsy kind of lifestyle. We would just we'd sleep out under the stars because the weather was beautiful in, in, in Australia. And um, we'd, we'd find like a dry riverbed or something and we'd make a campfire and then we'd all just sleep in a circle around the campfire and my mother would, would cook and uh, if, there was, if there was a river with fresh water, we'd, we'd jump in there and soap ourselves up. And, and that that kind sounds of stuff. like a beautiful life. It was a good life. But, um, I mean, we, we didn't make much money. We didn't get famous. We any of that stuff. We but you were learning. I was learning, yeah. And, and, and really in, a, in an environment... When you're with your family, that was, I'm sure, very encouraging. They weren't saying, hey, that's a mistake, or you oh, can't do that. believe me, my father was a taskmaster. <laughs> if we made a mistake, we heard about it. You know? And if we took our eyes off the audience and looked over to the side, my father would go, like that, you know, you'd look out there. We were terrified of him. <laughs> he was tough. Did he play also? No. No? No. My father couldn't he, tap he his He just recognized he had a lot of talented he, kids, he, right? He, his kids were all over those things. We were... We just wanted to play music, and, and it was fun, and it was great fun. And the fact that we were on stage and playing to people, to me, was like going to a party every night. It was so much fun. I and, bet. And if the more kind of extroverted I got, the more the audience lit up. So I was like, ah, this is, pretty this cool. is show business, and there's no business like that, you know. So when did you come to the States? When was the first time you actually 1980 was the first time. I came here to meet Chet Atkins because we'd been pen pals. I'd been writing to him, and he wrote back. And uh, he gave me his address and the, his office phone number. And when I got to Nashville, I called his office, and he answered the phone. I said, I'm looking for Mr. Atkins. And he said, this is he. This is he. This is he. He picked up his own phone. Yeah, he picked up his own phone. And I said... It's Tommy Emanuel from Australia, thinking he won't have a clue who I am because he's the busiest guy in Nashville, you know. He said, uh, hey, Tommy, where are you? And I said, well, I'm down the road at the Holiday Right Inn. down here. Yeah, and he said, well, come on down. I'll see you now. And, he, and uh, there was a great guitar player named Lenny Bro who was in his office playing, 
and he had just played my tape to Lenny when I arrived. Wow. So he was, it was in his he, head. He was already mm -hmm. figuring that I was doing something good, and that was so encouraging to me. And, you know, when we first played together, I was, I was very worried that I would just sound like a bad version of him and, and he'd hate it, you know? But it turned out that we played very differently, and as I was playing, he was watching me, and then when I finished, he said, I didn't do that, and I didn't do that, and he pointed out all the things that I was doing that made me different. So I didn't just copy his record. I learned the song, and then I did something else with it, and that kind of set me on a course of... I then wanted to be a songwriter and, and play my own songs. And well, and he eventually bestowed upon you one of the highest honors that's ever gone to any guitar player, really. Right. It was oh, certified acoustic. Yeah, certified <laughs> guitar player. Yeah. Certified C guitar C CGP, player. CGP. Okay. Yeah. yeah, the letters are here. I'll show you on my, on my guitar right there. And, um, I think only four other, three other people besides yourself. There are, th there three? are only three of us left. There, there, there are only three of us left, and that's uh, uh, Steve Warriner and John Knowles and myself. Um, the fourth one was the guy who played guitar with Chet for 30 years, Paul Yandel. And, uh, but Paul, we lost Paul to cancer a few years ago, and so he was the last one. But uh, it really is just, Chet said, you know, people go to college and they go to university and they study for three years and they get letters after their name and they... You know, people think that, that, that they're important, you know, Bachelor of Science, Bachelor of blah, blah, blah. And he said, uh, and we spend our entire lives being dedicated to this and, and furthering. It's a craft. Yeah, yeah and, and, and trying to bring nations together through music. You know, maybe we deserve a little something too. So he, he got uh, the governor of every state of America to sign off on it. I've seen it. It's up on, on the wall in his house. And it, and it talks about... Um, uh, what this means and, and, and it's a responsibility. My responsibility is to hand on everything I know. Right? So that's why I do camps. I do guitar retreats and uh, because it's important that the next generation can have some, something good to work with. That's my, 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 personally, my, my personal goal is to hand something good on to the younger generation. Something that, that works, you know. When you, when you work with the kids, what do you want them to uh, come away with from your camps? I want them to understand that, that you, you, you can't just tap and bang and, and, and make a groove and, and then call it a song. You have to have melody against chords. So wh what, I'm, what I'm trying to get the younger people, I'm trying to grab their ear with, with, with melodies and chords and um, tell them that, you know, you've got to have something good to stand on, you know. You, you can't just be showing off. You've got to have something to say. Tell me a story. Take me somewhere. That's what I try to do, you know. And, I, and when I write songs, I try to write as if I'm writing for a singer and a band. I never think, oh, this is just a solo guitar piece, ever. I always think like, like, like a band and a The arrangement. Singer. The arrangement's in your head. Yeah. I can hear the yeah. harmonies. I can yeah. hear the drum part, the bass part. Yeah. All that. But, uh, but All that. So the song... Um, when I, when I play a song and someone comes up to me and says, have you got words for that song? Then I know I'm on the right track, you know? Because the melody is already so compelling that... Yeah, that, 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 that the words are almost coming out your mouth. Right. You know? So 
How do you come up with lyrics? Is I'm not very good with lyrics at all. It, it, if I want to write a song that has lyrics, I'll write the music, but I, I call help. <laughs> <laughs> I call someone Some who's Some lyricist. Good. Exactly. Yeah, there are several great Kind of like Elton John and Bernie Taupin. Exactly. That's why. But Elton's good with, with lyrics too, but he's incredible with music. There's no doubt about that. So tell me about your guitars, because I know these are unique guita guitars. These are, these are Australian-made guitars. And that, that's why when, when people say, you know, uh, don't you miss Australia? I say, how can I? I open my case every night, and there's a bit of it. This is all indigenous Australian woods. Um, these are both, uh, this one's a mahogany. Is it Maton or? Maton. Maton. Yeah. Maton. It, what it is, is in 1946, after the Second World War, there was a furniture builder by the name of Bill May, who played guitar as well, and he decided to have a go at making himself a guitar, and it turned out really good. So he made a few more for friends. And so... So it began. <laughs> and so it began, exactly. My first good guitar, which is in the museum at the factory, um, uh, it was a Maiden, and it was a solid-body electric guitar. And what was the model? It was called a, a Master Sound uh, uh, MS500, it, it was originally called. But it, that stood for Master Sound. But the word Maiden, it's Bill May, M-A-Y. They took the Y off, and then they took the E off tone and put ton, so oh. Maiden. So it's Bill May's tone, but May, May tone. What do you like about this particular instrument compared to other instruments? Well, any time you plug that, uh, that guitar in, I mean, uh, I like playing acoustic, but in this day and age, we, we play big halls. We, we, we want right. a big sound, right? If you want a big crowd, make a big sound. <laughs> That's the key, right? Bigger the better. Bigger the better. I don't, I don't mean loud. I mean big. Right, so wall of sound. While you're in the audience you, and I'm on stage, you should feel like your head is inside my guitar. That's the sound I'm going for. This is the only guitar. This pickups and mic system, the electronics that's in this guitar, nothing comes close to it. Nothing. When you have such such intricate picking, mm -hmm. that you want every, every note to be heard, nuance, right? Absolutely. Every nuance. Exactly. So with this guitar, you can you get that. You get that, yeah, because of the electronics and because of the way the guitar is built, you know. Um, I still love the sound of, you know, an old Martin guitar or an old Gibson with a mic on it. It's still one of my favorite sounds. But to just turn up, plug in and play, nothing comes close to these. Nothing. I know I, I know all the guitars out there. I've I tried bet them you all. do. <laughs> I've tried them all, and believe me, this will kill anything. So you have a couple of new uh, albums out. One is a duets album. And yeah, um, um, it, it's called Accomplice One, and um, so it, it has Jason Isbell and Amanda Shires and Susie Bogus and Mark Knopfler and uh, uh, Jerry Douglas, Frank Vignola. The who's Shimabukura. who of talent. <laughs> well, I was so fortunate. that It came together like serendipity, you know, like I happened to be in England and Mark Knopfler happened to have a, a little space that I could come into his studio and we could record, you know. And then the, the next day I was able to get uh, an English guitar player named Clive Carroll, who's one of my favourites. I was able to get him in the studio, so in two days I had two tracks done. Um, last year I did a camp in, in Havana, Cuba, and Frank Vignola and Vinnie Raniolo were, were two of the instructors. So... We went to the studio and took 85 students to the studio where they made Buena Vista Social Club. And 
But that had to be... It was beautiful. It was the old RCA studios with all the original old 50s microphones. She was on my list. I can't wait to get there. Oh, you've got to go. It's a beautiful place. Um, So we we took the students through the studio. And then for the class that day, we said, we're going to arrange Django Reinhardt's song, Djangology, for three guitars. And we're going to do it in front of you. We're going to show you how we use our arranging skills to make this work. So we put that together. When it was ready, we, we mic'd up our guitars and played it. We, we, we said to all the students, all right, okay, everybody be real quiet. We're, we're going to record. So we recorded it in front of all the students. And it turned out to be one of the best-sounding tracks on the album. I bet it was so, beautiful. Oh, it, it's, it's a beautiful recording. But uh, the album has been in the chart now since Christmas, so it's still going. And... Uh, so, so how did you work with all these these other artists? I mean, what was that experience like? And well, were it, they playing your music? Were they contributing? I haven't heard yeah, the album well, yet. So. Rodney Crowell uh, asked me to play on his new album, which I, which I did. Mm-hmm. And we just hit it off so well that I said, how about we, we do a song together on my album? Mm-hmm. And he said, great. And, and he suggested three songs, sent them to me. And I chose I'm Looking Forward to the Past, which is a really great song he, he had written. And he hadn't recorded it yet. So it ended up on my album. And uh, 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 Susie Boggus came in to sing the song that I wrote about uh, the, uh, a boy who worships John Wayne. Uh, it, the song's called The Duke's Message. And um, so the lyricist on that is Anthony Snape, who's a fellow Australian. And what we did is w- we went to John Wayne's grave and we, we read what was on his tombstone kind of thing, which is beautiful. It says... Tomorrow is the most important thing in life. It comes to us every night, clean, and puts itself in our hands and hopes we've learned from yesterday. That's what's on his grave. Isn't oh, that beautiful? Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. So I wrote the song. It's kind of a live-in-the-moment kind of message, Absolutely, too. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and the lyric is really written from a perspective of, of a young boy who, who listens to what John Wayne has to say in his films and they, they, it, it, it carries him, it, it, it affects him. So, you know, the first verse goes, uh, where the sky is always changing, where the dusty ridges turn to plains, I can hear your words, they carry me, and my life will never be the same. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. I think a lot of people don't really realize uh, when you're going through life, the, the people that you're influencing. So you had Chet Atkins, but now uh. you're doing all these band camps. And all those kids are coming through. Oh, there's some talent, I can tell you. We just had the, uh, the annual Chet Atkins Appreciation Society convention in, in Nashville, w- which goes for four days. And it, it's guitar players' heaven, you know. There's, and everyone is represented. There's, uh, there are people who play like Django, because Chet loved Django. There are people who play classical, because Chet loved classical. There are people who play like Les Paul, because Chet and Les were... Les was a big influence on Chet. And, of course, there are people who play like Merle Travis and, and that kind of stuff. And then there, is, there are the younger ones who are playing mostly my songs, which is a great honor for me. But I can tell you that these young players from, you know, eight years to a- 18... This generation is red hot. There's some fantastic talent out there. There's some amazingly talented yeah. kids out there. Yeah, yeah. We call them young thumbs. Young thumbs. Yeah. Because <laughs> of the thumb. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. John Knowles, my fellow CGP, and I, we we support them. We we we've got the Young Thumbs uh, Facebook page, and uh, and um, I've I've created some scholarships for them 
that they, they can go to Berkeley and stuff like that. So. So you have another album out too with John Knowles, or it's coming yeah, out. Yeah, it's coming out, coming out in January. It's called Heart Songs, and it's all love songs. It's uh, there's no fast songs on it. You're going to send me a copy of that. You right? bet. Okay. It's, it, it's got some beautiful songs. Uh, uh, Hank Williams is Cold Cold Heart. Um, there's a place for us from West Side Story some, somewhere. Um, uh, Michael McDonald's song I Can Let Go Now. Bonnie Raitt's um, uh, I Can't Make You Love Me. Uh, I Can't Stop Loving You by Don Gibson. I mean, just beautiful songs. Those are beautiful songs. Oh, they are. And 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 John plays nylon string, so it's my steel string in his nylon, and it's just a beautiful blend, you know. Is that coming out before Christmas? It's coming out after Christmas. After Christmas, yeah. okay. The album at the moment is Accomplice um, uh, One, and I also have Live at the Ryman. I recorded uh, my album at the Ryman last time I played there, and and uh, what a what a beautiful place to play the the mother church of country music. When you walk in the Ryman, you just feel everybody who's played there. Oh yeah, you know the first time I walked on that stage and there was uh, the circle in the middle. Marty Stewart grabbed me. He said, "Come over here and stand here." And I said, "Why?" And he said, "Cause Hank Williams sang uh, Lovesick Blues twelve times in a row on that spot. That's how many encores he got. Twelve times." Could that's you believe that? No. It's incredible. No, that's it? incredible. Yeah. And that just gives you the chills yeah. when you're in a place like Absolutely. that. And you, you get to play and you get to, yeah. you know, feel all that extraordinary well, energy. Com coming here to Memphis is the same thing for, for me. This is, this is the kind of mojo that a guy like me needs. I need to come away from here writing songs and, and being inspired. And that's why I love coming to Memphis. Well, we are so glad that you did come to Memphis. Thank you. And we hope you come back again to visit Diddy. I will. And uh, it's just been a pleasure getting Thank to know you. you. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.